One of the things I always really appreciate about this church, and especially um, really all of the current collective, and not just those who are here, but all of our musicians really living into the idea of Advent um, and liturgically what that means. So not, not just jumping ahead to, you know, the red and the green, but really lifting up, you know, the blue and the pink and the purple and all of that um, and doing it with the story, too. You know, it doesn't start with uh, Bethlehem and and, you know, Jesus being born. There's a little bit leading up to that. And so I've really appreciated and it's been a learning experience for me as well, really appreciating what it means to go to the very beginning of the story and seeing how all of this uh, fits together. And so in the spirit of that, I want to lift up um, part of the Advent story that doesn't start with Mary. Um, It starts first with a couple of other characters. During the rule of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest assigned service in the regiment of Abijah. His name was Zechariah. His wife was descended from the daughters of Aaron. Her name was Elizabeth. Together, they lived honorably before God, careful in keeping to the ways of the commandments and enjoying a clear conscience before God. But they were childless because Elizabeth could never conceive, and now they were quite old. It also happened that as Zechariah was carrying out his priestly duties before God, working the shift assigned to his regiment, it came his one turn in life to enter the sanctuary of God and burn incense. The congregation was gathered and praying outside the temple at the hour of the incense offering. Unannounced, an angel of God appeared just to the right of the altar of incense. Zechariah was paralyzed in fear, but the angel reassured him, Don't fear, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Elizabeth, your wife, will bear a son by you. You are to name him John. You're going to leap like a gazelle for joy. And not only you, Many will delight in his birth. He'll achieve great stature with God. He will herald God's arrival in the style and strength of Elijah, soften the hearts of parents to children, and kindle devout understanding among hardened skeptics. He will get the people ready for God. These characters help us to get ready. And that's what we're looking at, how it is that we get ready. Maybe even Advent, that's kind of the, how do we get ready to get ready? How do we get ready to hear this good news? How do we get ready to share this good news? And do we really take it as good news? In fact, does it maybe sound like too good of news? I remember as a kid... I can't remember how old I was. I was old enough that I could be left alone in the house, but I was not old enough to know what it means to read fine print when you get stuff in the mail. Because I got the mail that day, and it was one of those, I don't remember if it was Publishers Clearinghouse, for those of you who remember, but it was one of those things. It basically said, you know, you've won $10 million or, or whatever it was. And it was this huge kind of book, but I didn't read that far. When I saw that we had won $10 million, because it was in nice big red letters, I mean, I was floored. And of course, I was by myself, so I couldn't share this news. And so I was just waiting for, you know, somebody to come home, anybody, so I could share this good news. And I was just thinking about, oh, we'll get a new house and we'll get a new car and I can get the biggest TV I've ever seen. And, you know, just thinking about all this great stuff. And and then, you know, my dad comes home. And I was like, Dad, Dad, look, we won $10 million. And he didn't even look at it. He's like, we didn't win. 
keep, keep, keep reading the stuff. And so I read it and it was just like my heart sank. And then I was really glad that no one was home to see me look like such an idiot. But, you know, that was kind of the first time I remember that that saying that we probably say to each other is, you know, if something sounds too good to be true, it probably is. If something sounds too good to be true, it probably is. And it just makes me wonder, like, is this what Zechariah is thinking when the angel Gabriel visits him? Because you have to think about it. I mean... Just try to imagine it. You're, you're in this holiest of holy places, a place that nobody else is really able to see except you. And it's in the midst of that that not only are you in this holy sanctuary, but an angel shows up. Like a real angel. And, and not one of those hallmarky, you know, fat baby cherubim angels. I'm talking like full on angel, like, you know, fire and glowing lights and probably a dozen wings and, you know, multiple feet and multiple you know who who else who knows what and this angel shows up and says to you a son is going to be born and just think about that awkward pause of Zechariah because here's his response he says do you really expect me to believe this I'm an old man my wife is an old woman how can this be so He's saying this to an angel. Remember what I just said with the multiple heads and the fire and the glowing and the, and the stuff? Really saying, yeah, come on. I've read the fine print. And just this awkward pause, like, how do you expect me to believe this? And I, and I just, I imagine this angel in all of its glory. Like, what do you say? Well, here's what he says after that long, awkward pause. Um, how do I know this? I'm Gabriel. I'm a sentinel of God. I was sent especially to bring you this glad news. Thanks for ruining the moment, by the way. But because you won't believe me, you'll be unable to say a word until the day of your son's birth. Every word I've spoken to you will come true. It will come true in God's time. Do we get to where we know too much? That, that we get to know too much, that when someone kind of comes to us with extraordinarily good news, we just kind of exude this present of, you know, once you know as much as me, you won't believe things like this. You know, once you read the fine print, and not just the fine print of a letter, not just the fine print of a book, but the fine print of life. Once you experience what I've experienced, you won't believe such childish things. Because maybe it's not really education that Zechariah is speaking to, the education that one needs to be a priest um, and have a life experience of being a priest, but just the life experience, what it means to live through tragedy and disappointment and heartbreak. But see, the reality is Mary knows about this too. Mary, who is a villager of Nazareth. Now, the thing, the thing that we need to know about Nazareth is Nazareth was more or less not a good place. It was kind of the wrong side of the tracks kind of town. That's why people, when they hear about Jesus, they say, well, can anything really good come out of Nazareth? Because that's who Mary is, and that's where Mary is from. And chances are she, and likely Joseph, 
did not have an easy life and probably had a lot of those fine print kind of experiences that maybe some of us have had, maybe even are having. But it's Mary who was visited next. And I just have to wonder, this angel Gabriel, when he's given this next assignment, maybe he's like, do I really have to? Because the last guy, didn't, that didn't really work out so well. But maybe someone was like, you know, this one will be different. So here's how it goes. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to the Galilean village of Nazareth to a virgin engaged to be married to a man descended from David. His name was Joseph and the virgin's name, Mary. Upon entering, Gabriel greeted her. She was thoroughly shaken, wondering what was behind a greeting like this. But the angel assured her, Mary, you have nothing to fear. God has a surprise for you. You will give birth to a son and call his and his name will be called Jesus. He will be great. He will be called son of the highest. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. He will rule Jacob's house forever. No end ever to his kingdom. And Mary said, yes, I see it all now. I am the Lord's ready to serve. Let it be with me just as you say. So the next time you hear that song, Mary, did you know? You can just skip to the end because the answer is yes. Why? Because an angel told her. An angel told her all of this that was going to happen. The question we really need to answer is, do we believe? Do we choose to believe? Because what if faith is not something that we have? We might say that one time or another. We we either have faith or we don't, or we have to have faith in order to get through this. But what if that is just simply but powerfully the word that we use which symbolizes how we live in relationship with God and with Christ. How it is that we live in the reality of who Christ is and what Christ does. And not just this season, but in all seasons of life. Because reality is Jesus does not force us to believe. God does not force us to believe. We are given the choice, and especially in Advent. Some days are easier to make that choice than others. We may have heard the phrase even used it, you know, faith can make us or it can break us. I would say choosing to believe can make us and it can break us and it can make us up again and it breaks us down again. So why? Why would we choose that? Why would we choose that kind of life and that kind of experience over and over and over again? Why would Jesus choose to do that for us? Why would Jesus choose to do that with us? Why would Jesus choose to be Emmanuel, God with us? This is what it means to get ready. We get ready for the one who declares, I will do this with you. I will go through this with you. 
Because all of this symbolizes our getting ready to make that choice again. The choice to believe. Do we need to believe again? Do we need to find that belief? Do we need, do we need to find our voice? The voice that we feel like has been taken away. Do we need a little Christmas? Because I know I do. I'm sure Jeremy's tired of me saying worship meeting after worship meeting. It's almost here. It's almost here. Like a little kid. Since the 4th of July, I've been saying, I don't know about you, but I need Christmas. And see, here's the thing. And, and I think about this. I, re, I was sitting in the sanctuary months ago, back in August. And, and I, Jeremy was already tired of me harking about this. And I was thinking, you know, is it me? Am I crazy? And I think of that scene in Scrooged with Bill Murray when he goes on live TV and he says... I'm not crazy. It's Advent. Because at that point, in fact, he even says it. He, he says, you know, I, I get it. I, I finally understand. And that's exactly what Zechariah is experiencing when his son is finally born. Because when his son is finally born, the whole family's standing around and, and people are standing around and the village is standing around. They're all standing outside the temple and everyone's like, John, what kind of name is John? That's, that's not a family name. And then Zechariah finally gets it. And that's when he gets his voice back. And he says, that's his name. His name is John. And he goes out and he tells his people, I get it now. I didn't see it before, but I can see it now. And that's the whole Scrooge experience of transformation and redemption. I didn't see it before. I didn't understand. But now I get it. It's not too good to be true. That's what makes it the good news. It is the good news that is not too good to be true. And it's Zechariah's own way of saying thousands of years ago, you won't be one of these Scrooges who says Christmas is just once a year and it's a fraud. It's not. It can be every single day. You just have to want that feeling. And if you like it and you want it, you'll get greedy for it. And you'll want it every day of your life. See, what he's talking about is what we as United Methodists call sanctification. Going on to perfection. That once we get it, that once we have that aha moment, we want it again. And we want it again. It is too good of an experience to say, well, they, you know, Christmas is over. We put everything back on the shelf and we close the closet door. No. I want this again. And I want it again and again and again. And that's why we worship. And that's why we pray. And that's why we sing. And that's why we serve. And that's why we do all the things that we do. So that we can have that opportunity to have that aha moment once again. To say, yes, today, I get it. I can see. It can be in our human nature that when we hear or see good news, we may say, you know, that's good. That's too good. There's got to be a catch. There's got to be there's got to be something something wrong with it. Advent is all about God making the declaration. This is too good not to share. This is too good not to be a part of. And you are welcome to it. And like every Advent, we have an opportunity to make a choice. Will we go on the journey, see where it leads and know that God goes with us? Because it is a great journey to be on. And we hope that we are able to do it 
together this day and all days. And as always, that we do so in peace. Amen.